0: Time for the Believe in Ole Miss Podcast with your host, Brad Logan. Your home for Ole Miss sports. To be a part of the show, email the show at brad.logan at loganmedianetwork.com or shoot him a DM on Twitter at Brad Logan. C-O-T-E. Download the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, rate, and leave a review online. And now, from the vault. To the pavilion, to Swayze Field—it's all Ole
1: Miss all the time. Here's your host, Brad Logan, and welcome in everybody to the Believe in Ole Miss podcast, a part of the Believe Network. An exciting show today as we hear for the first time to the media the Ole Miss defensive coordinator, Pete Golding, and what a story! Pete Golding played collegiately at Delta State, right down the road, just an hour and a half or so away from Oxford. Eventually became the school's defensive coordinator and just worked himself up all the way to being the defensive coordinator at Alabama. He's had quite a career. And uh, a lot of Ole Miss fans just don't understand the Mississippi roots. And he he talked a lot about Suntering Perkins, about how he recruited him, the relationship he continues to have to this day. So a great conversation with P. Golding as he addressed the media. As fall camp is here, A lot going on with Ole Miss, and uh, we're so excited to bring you all of the content here on the Believe It Ole Miss podcast, a part of the Believe Network, as we hear from Pete Golding. So much happening around the university. Uh, We we heard from Keith Carter. He pointed out a couple of things I thought was interesting. Number one, uh, concerts coming back. I don't know that it's going to be a yearly occurrence but it will be uh, every couple of years at least, he, he, he tells us. So uh, the concert is coming back to Vaught-Hemingway Stadium next spring. Also, there will be a basketball game in Tad, Tad Smith Coliseum, the old Tad Smith Coliseum, the old Tad Pad, and uh, did not give away what uh, game it would be, but there would be one throwback game inside Tad Smith Coliseum this year, and that's what Chris Beard wanted, and it's going to happen. The basketball team, uh, I mean, their rosters loaded. Everybody's very, very excited. But right now, we're looking at football. Just a couple of weeks away into the opening game against Mercer. There'll be a scrimmage on Saturday afternoon as we record uh, Saturday morning. Uh, we'll report back, of course, with all of, all of the things that we see. It's at 1 o'clock, and the reason they're doing that in the heat of the day is you have to think is to get prepared for that uh, early kickoff against Mercer and also that early kickoff against Tulane. Tulane kickoff's going to be at 2 o'clock in New Orleans. It'll be brutally hot and um, if, if, if anything indicates about where the weather will be that day. And then Mercer, of course, it will be incredibly hot as well. So practicing, scrimmaging, we'll learn a lot more about this team. What we've seen so far is there's been some nagging injuries. Uh, Jordan Watkins dealing with a hamstring, and Ladarius Tennyson dealing with an, an, an ankle issue. He had a boot on his, on his foot uh, just the other day, so those are issues. Ulysses Bentley's dealing with a little bit of a nagging issue. Fortunately, none of this uh, appears to be season-ending. still haven't seen Zakarian Franklin, the wide receiver, uh, as he's been dealing with a we, – we believe, uh, and I think Chuck Rouseville of the uh, Ole Miss Spirit actually reported that he had one of his knees scoped. So um, just just waiting to, to get him back. Uh, Jam Griffin, the running back, has not been cleared, but he has been practicing. So let me refresh that. I think he may have been clear. We haven't been giving 100% clarification, but he did practice, and he's on the roster. So uh, he is, the, of course, the transfer running back out of Oregon State. Ole Miss needs him right now because uh, of the injuries to uh, Ulysses Bentley, who's a little bit banged up. So they definitely could use him. Uh, Riscano is running along with Quinshawn Judkins, and then, uh, of course, Matt, Matt Jones is in a backup capacity as well. So Caleb Warren also is uh, – Obviously, the starting center has not practiced yet. Uh, Reese McIntyre has been doing most of the center snaps, uh, even seen some of Bryson Sanders at center, and uh, <laughs> I've heard actually some of those snaps have been a little bit uh, over the head of the quarterback. So uh, definitely need Caleb Warren back, but uh, Reese McIntyre, has got you know, he's a veteran. He's done some good things. So across that um, offensive line, that appears to be only—you know major issue right now is Caleb Warren. Uh, seems to be some pretty good depth there. So the offensive front, along with the defensive line, appear to be two of the positions that almost has the most depth. But yeah, we haven't talked about the quarterback position. Spencer Sanders was not available for practice the other day. It was not an injury situation; it simply was an academic one. He was uh, working on a uh, either taking a test or or studying for a class or something. So uh, yeah, the quarterback room it's it's pretty much Jackson Dart's team. Uh, obviously, getting press from Walker Howard and Spencer Sanders, but it's pretty much. Uh, Jackson Dart, I think. I mean, that's 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 the quarterback going forward, and uh, that's kind of a brief overview about how fall camp has went from the injury situation. You'll hear a lot from from Coach Pete Golding in a moment about what he likes about his defense, about what he he recruits towards, the type of athlete he recruits, and um, I think you'll understand why the you may see some undersized players, but there's a reason for that. Uh, he likes that fast player, and um, Everybody just ready to kick it off. But it was cool to get to hear a little bit from him. We're grateful for our sponsor today, Bet Online. Betonline where the game starts. Use that promo code BELIEVE to receive a 50% welcome bonus to get you ready for college football, to get you ready for NFL. There's professional golf going on right now. There's Major League Baseball. And before long, we'll have the NBA playoffs and the NFL playoffs and the Super Bowl. Bet Online where the game starts. Also grateful for our Long-time sponsorship, uh, partnership with Debbie Johnson. Debbie, of course, is our real estate agent here on the Believe in Omis podcast. She can be your real estate agent today. She's at 662-689-0090. You can shoot her a text or call her That's your cell phone or her office at 662-234-5555. Perfect opportunity to call Debbie and get that great game day property. If you're looking for that property to to have on game day to not have to worry about those exorbitant hotel costs, just give Debbie a call. If you're maybe looking to relocate to Oxford, give Debbie a call. If you're in the state of Mississippi and just need help with your real estate, maybe you're looking for that special hunting property, maybe you're looking for that special property just for an investment, Debbie can absolutely help you today. 662-689-0090. Debbie Johnson, our real estate agent here on the Believe in Ole Miss podcast, a part of the Believe Network. We'll hear from Pete Golding, the Ole Miss defensive coordinator, in just a moment, right here on the Believe in Ole Miss podcast, a part of the Believe Network. Remember, download the show anywhere you get your podcast. and be sure and tell a friend. We appreciate all the growth that we've had, and we're so excited to bring you this college football season and everything about it right here on the Believe in Ole Miss podcast, a part of the Believe Network. but online where the game starts. Today's show is brought to you in part by Realtor Debbie Aldison Johnson. If you're looking for a spot in the Oxford area or quite frankly anywhere in Mississippi, that is your go-to. Remember, real estate industry since 2003, looking for that special ag property, maybe a recreational property, maybe a commercial real estate property, or a new home. Uh, Debbie does a great job and can be your real estate agent today. Just contact her directly at 662-234-5555. Of course, that's a member of the Kessinger Real Estate family Real Estate.com. and Debbie has been with them for quite a few years. If you need to get her directly, just dial her cell phone at 662-689-0090. Remember, your go-to for real estate, whether it be commercial, farm, or maybe you need that home. Maybe you need that second home in Oxford. You're looking maybe to relocate to Oxford. Part of the real estate family, the Kessinger Real Estate family. Debbie Johnson, your realtor. 662-234-5555 or call her cell phone at 662-689-0090. Debbie Johnson, a proud sponsor here on the Believe in Ole Miss podcast.
0: It is a place which exerts an extraordinary pull on all who have walked its hallowed ground. Thousands come each year, and yet no one ever really leaves. Ole Miss is for life. A major university with the familiar intimacy of family. Friendships that are more than Friendships. Moments that are more than moments. An autumn celebration on a Saturday afternoon in the Grove. Contests waged and triumphs savored. With our largest freshman class, soaring Honors College, national reputation for academics and research, our pride is overflowing. Today, more than ever, for all who have ever called this magical
1: place home, You never leave Ole Miss. Hi, this is Brad Logan. The Grove Collective's mission is to support, elevate, and protect the well-being of all our student-athletes through a wide range of NIL opportunities and initiatives at Ole Miss. The collective was established to deliver a best-in-class NIL experience that is worthy of the student-athletes who give their all for Ole Miss. This consolidated and sustainable model provides premium access and experiences between our members, corporate partners, and our athletes. To support all Ole Miss athletes and their NIL platforms, visit thegrovecollective.com. That's the grovecollective.com. Join our team. Become a member today.
2: guys since we made the move but uh, extremely excited about the opportunity uh that keith uh, presented and obviously working for coach kiffin uh, always excited to see new ways different ways to do things uh, obviously there's a lot of ways and football to win football games so i've been uh really impressed with coach kiffin his leadership uh, i learned a lot from him this spring so i'll go ahead and open it up for questions
3: just on y'all side of the ball is the most kind of turnover a lot of new faces on that field one through eleven just What's the challenges for you as a coordinator trying to get all that to mesh in such a short period of time?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing, having coached Division II, one AA and mid-major, uh, very similar to high school. Like every year you really don't know what you have. Uh, and instead of trying to, hey, here's the system, and try to fit the players to a system, uh, you really try to, okay, what, what do we, who do we have and what can they do? And then let's put them in those situations that they can excel in. So the hardest piece is when you bring in a lot of new guys, especially after spring ball, uh, and then you don't have them in the summer as far as going through everything 11-on-11, 11 11, uh, is this fall camp is really important to them. Uh, and we got to take this first week, this scrimmage Saturday, to be really big, not just from a personnel standpoint, but more importantly, of what can they do. Uh, and let's make sure what we're asking them to do, things that they can do and not put them in situations uh, that they're not ready for. And so I think uh, that's, that's a little tougher than normal because uh, obviously a lot of guys that you even evaluate from a personnel standpoint last year on tape aren't here. And so uh, number one is knowing their skill set. And then number two, their football intelligence of how much can they comprehend and you know, how simple do we need to keep it based on their football intelligence. So it's tough, but that's what Cam's for.
3: Uh, you're seeing him up close and personal every day. Just your initial thoughts. I know it's early of Perkins and what he brings to that position group early in his, early in his career.
2: Yeah. I mean, obviously, I recruited him at the last place as well. And I uh, we knew, always knew he was a really gifted athlete. You know, I, I had him ranked as the top linebacker in the country. Uh, extremely explosive, um, really fast, got really good top end speed, but his closest speed is really good. And I think it's a struggle for young players that haven't been in a college system, especially early, uh, transitioning to being behind the ball, stacking. A lot of his high school tape was off the edge or apex and having to read and diagnose the box. And you know, the struggle for those guys is as you go through camp, you're installing a defense. It's a lot more than a game plan would be. And so obviously going into week one, you say, hey, here's our four calls that we're working when you're in the game and keep it pretty simple for him. But he's done really well. He loves football. He's a smart kid. Um, he's very engaged. He takes good notes. So I think he has an extremely high ceiling. We're excited about him.
4: Earlier you briefly mentioned kind of the turnover, obviously. But um, when you first arrived here with the play- defensive players that were here, what were your kind of the initial impressions overall of the roster that you initially inherited before other pieces were eventually added?
2: Yeah, I mean, I I think the big thing is, is when you first come into a place, like I didn't look at what they can't do. You know, I I try to take the guys that we have, There are guys, and what position can we put those guys that are already on the roster to be able to have success in the SEC West? And so I thought there was obviously some talent up front, thought we had some size, thought we had some guys that had the ability to rush the passer. We needed to add more depth to that, uh, which I think we did with the spring portal. Uh, Obviously, the back end was a little depleted from a number standpoint. Uh, obviously, we had some guys that, that have skill uh, that missed the spring, uh, which I didn't get to see kind of firsthand yet, and then had them in the summer and fall camp, and a lot of those guys are stepping up. So, um, you know, you take what you got, and you got to do the best you can with what you got, but we had guys on the current roster that are going to be able to help us win and play winning football.
3: Appreciate
1: the time today, Pete. Yes, sir. Um, I guess when a Pete Golding defense is playing really well, to the extent that you can, I mean, what, what are. On, on a micro level, what is happening that's allowing that to be the case?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the, the biggest thing in playing defense is, number one, you got to be able to play fast. Uh, you know, so, like, kind of our motto on defense is fast, smart, and physical. Uh, and it's in that order because I don't care how physical you are. If you're not smart enough to be in the right place, it doesn't matter. And then I don't care how smart you are. If you're in the right place, you're not fast enough to tackle the guy with the ball, it doesn't matter. You know, so, number one, you got to get speed at all positions because – I mean, this, this is a game in space now, you know what I'm saying? And they're using the horizontal width of the field. So you got to get guys that can run uh, and then guys that can process because, you know, the difference between the college game and the NFL game is there's not unbalance in the NFL. There's not formation into the boundary in the NFL. Very few teams are going tempo in the NFL. So you combine all those things, and that can be in one play, you know. So, you know, when guys are coming from high school and all those things and they're not used to seeing that at the speed it is, and it's very easy to say, hey, let's keep it simple, which we're going to try to do. And then every time they line up in this, they know exactly what you're in, and they got coaches too, and they got good players too. So it's not always about having the chalk last, but it's them in skies that make the same things look different and different things look the same so your guys can still play fast. And I think the big thing for us is not have a lot of our calls, all right, but just a few calls that we can line up, play assignment football, and be able to play fast.
4: Yeah, I know you can't mention specific recruits, but Alabama, you are obviously very successful recruiting, you know, talented Mississippi players on defense, you know, like Brandon Turner, Byron Young, Jaheim Otis, and all that. I know you have Mississippi ties yourself, but what kind of stands out just about, you know, some of these recruits in the state of Mississippi? I and mean, what do you feel like just kind of separates them apart?
2: Yeah, I think, number one, to be honest with you, is the mentality. Um, I think, uh, you know, I'm a coach in Texas and recruited Texas and things like that they're starting a real program so much earlier, right? And their facilities and the amount of staff and the resources that they have, a lot of those guys end up, you know, reaching their ceiling earlier. And then you got some of these guys in rural Mississippi at certain programs that don't have a lot of staff, They don't have great weight programs, not because they're not good coaches, they just don't have the resources to do it. And when you get those guys with a high ceiling that aren't there yet, like they improve very quickly, and you know i've always appreciated just south football but mississippi in general because i think a lot of times you get a really raw athlete that loves football and it's also appreciative i I think it goes a long way that five-star syndrome when they show up to this place they appreciate the team room they appreciate the gear they get they appreciate the opportunity to play in the sec and they feel like they've got to earn it and keep it instead of it's given to them and i think that mentality goes a long way and i think it carries over to defense you know, that spot-the-ball mentality, put the ball down, we're going to play. I don't care if it's the parking lot, the playoffs, it, don't, it doesn't matter. Right, it's just who we are, and I think a lot of guys, that's ingrained to in them at an early age in this state.
4: Pete, at your last stop, you obviously had one of the premier pass rushers in college football in, in Will Anderson, one of the premier college uh, defensive players. Um, when, when you look at, at your defense and the way you want to run things, is there a guy on this team that you say, we need you to play that
1: sort of role?
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't think you compare them to a guy, obviously, from a coaching standpoint. I think uh, systematically, based on their skill set, you try to put them in positions to have success. Uh, I think sometimes it's actually the opposite of that. And what I mean by that, when you have just a really elite pass rusher, Number one, they know where he is at all times, right? Number two, as soon as you drop him or ask him to do something else, right, all y'all are saying, what an idiot, right? Well, why are we dropping the best pass rusher in the country? Because they're sliding to him every time and they're doubling him, right? And we send two guys off the other edge, right? We got a guy come free. So a lot of times when you have that type of guy, you're trying to suit everything to him and put him in those positions, which the offense knows that too, right? They're going to game plan too. So I think when you have good football players on both sides, you're, you're not as predictable, you know, and uh, and what you're asking to do, and I think the morale within the room, everybody gets a little bit here and there, and I think it allows them to practice harder, prepare harder, because they ever, you know, they know they're going to play, now going to get it twisted. I mean, it's it's great to have an elite player. Uh, I think we have some really good players. It wasn't like Will came in as a freshman like that, you know, Coach Sal and those guys did a really good job developing them. And the biggest thing for him is is his buy into the culture, into the system, and we've got a lot of guys similar mentality right now. That are all in and want to do whatever they can for the guys in the room and i think we'll have some guys step up in some of those roles this year
3: pete uh john sokoloff with wcbi nice to meet you yes sir you too oxford um you know why did you ultimately end up deciding to kind of leave alabama for for old miss uh, what was the kind of some of the bigger factors there
2: yeah i mean i i think it's probably similar to you guys work too like to me having played division two right and coaching division two like my goal was always to coach in the sec I think you get so locked in sometimes to a career and you're focused on all right the next step okay and it was d2 for me and then it was one AA, and then it was mid-major and then it was sec and then i want to be a coordinator in the sec and when you're married and you got three kids i think sometimes you lose the value of what you're really about and so i'm mean, having one national championships a lot of sec championships and all that i still wanted to go somewhere to where my family could be more involved all right number one but number two you know my wife graduated from Ole Miss she was born and raised in Mississippi, my mom was born and raised in Mississippi, I played in Mississippi, it's my third stint in Mississippi. And so when you can go somewhere that's already had success, uh, that I think is very close to being, a, you know, elite, you know, year in and year out, and feel like you can have an impact to help that, especially on your side of the ball, while still being somewhere that your wife wants to be, that's always wanted to be, and still do what you love to do. Uh, I, I think that's special. I don't think it happens a lot and, and I enjoyed where I was at. I learned a ton I had nothing to do with Alabama. Uh, this was strictly based on trying to be a better husband and a better father and um, I mean obviously working working with Nick Saban and, and now Lane I mean have you seen any kind of similarities between the two any differences <laughs> anything to kind of point out there? Yeah, no no a lot to be honest with you, especially in a meeting format uh, obviously they're both super intelligent Uh, They both demand discipline in the program in different ways, you know what I'm saying, but they still demand it. But a lot of the mannerisms are are very similar within the room. Uh, I think what Coach Kiffin does a really good job of, I think it's very easy once you've been in that place for a long period of time to go somewhere else and try to run it exactly the same. And it's not. It's not the same resource. You don't have the same people. It's not in the same place. And so what what I love about Coach Kiffin, you know, a lot of the things that, you know, helped Alabama get to where they are, we do. And there's, there's some other things in every program, not just Alabama, that are probably in spite of, right? I mean, you're going to win in spite of doing those things. And I think Coach Kiffin does a really good job of putting his own personality on the program and still not getting away from the culture and the foundation and the discipline and the toughness and all those things that you need for a winning program, but still having his own personality to do it. And so I think, you know, he and I both learned a lot from there.
3: Uh, on paper, defensive line feels like it's – you know, kind of one of the deeper rooms, seasoned rooms, with key returners. How have you seen them adjust and adapt, not specific X and O's, but just to that four-man front and through spring and early in camp here?
2: Yeah, I think, number one, I think Randall Jordan does an extremely good job in that room. Uh, I think he does a good job from a recruiting standpoint. I think he does a better job from a development and creating culture in that room. So I think uh, it's one of the better rooms, I think, uh, especially on our side of the ball, because you know, who runs it? And I think we've brought in some good pieces to add to what was already here and a really good foundation up front of young guys that had experience, that love football, and that are very coachable. And so I think uh, by far it is the deepest position. I think obviously we got experience in the room that were starters last year. I think we added some pieces, some more size, some more girth uh, to be able to stop the run in this league and then you know be able to add a couple pass rushers off the edge uh, depending upon who you play. And I think the biggest thing, obviously, from a front structure standpoint that you kind of talked about, and a lot of that's based on who you're playing, you know, and what they're doing, what's the rhythm of the throws, you know. So I, I know they were on, you know, the previous coordinator, pretty good bout about the man front. But a lot of those teams, they were probably playing were quick rhythm, ball out, space, right, and you're wasting a guy. So, you know, we're going to do whatever we need from a front structure and covers dictated on who we play. Uh, we're not going to go into it, hey, this is who we are. We're going to do what we need to do to win the football game. And so uh, they've adapted well. I think some of them, what we're asking them to do is much more natural positionally for them than what they were asking to do before. Uh, but, yeah, we're going to do whatever it takes to win the football game.
4: Kind of going off of that, the back end of the defense, which, what do you feel like the evaluation is of, you know, that area of the defense right now with the safety scores? Of course, with John Saunders playing a little bit more safety in tennis and kind of moving up a little bit, kind of linebacker, all that. What do you feel like your evaluation is of that back end right now?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing, and this has kind of been my history anywhere I've been, like – in order to be able to play man to man, you got to have guys that have played man. And so, from we play with a 5 dB system normally in base down. So, from a recruiting philosophy, we've always liked to tr- recruit longer corners that maybe lack a little top end speed for that position, but we bump inside. So, there's going to be very few safeties that are going to be playing on our roster that didn't play corner, much less in high school, but more importantly, probably in college. Uh, because in this league, the matchup issues are primarily in the slot. And so if you don't have the ability to cover in the slot in this league, it's going to be a long night. And so if you've got a double guys with a quarterback run game and being down a guy, it's really, it's really hard to stop people. So the number one we were trying to improve was the length, right, and speed ratio in the room uh, to be able to have the ability to play man-to-man when you need to uh, and to be able to mix that up. But I think the experience of the John Sinners of the world, the Dejon Anthonys, those were corners. They played corner where they were at and they were starters and they were good players, and now they're playing safety. Uh, so it's going to look like you got four to five corner body, long speed, cover guys on the field that are still instinctive. Uh, so I think it's extremely important. Uh, I think Prince is playing really well right now. Obviously, I didn't get to see him in spring uh, because of the injury. So you know, I think we got four to five at corner that got size, that have speed, uh, that also have position flexibility, and I think it helps the safety room.
4: Last one from me. Um, you were talk- You alluded to per- or Centarian Perkins earlier. You and Lane were obviously down there in Hattiesburg when Centarian Perkins single-handedly. Uh, won Raleigh a state championship. Uh, Do you kind of see that as just kind of a full circle type thing? And Lane talked about that particular game being one of the best games from a recruit he'd ever seen on film or in person and all that. What was your impressions of that?
2: Yeah, I mean, I I think especially I haven't recruited a lot of guys and coached football for a decent amount of time. Like I think, you know, you always hear the term competitive greatness, you know, and like that to me is like being at your best when your best is needed. And for the kid to show up uh, at the biggest stage that he had been in up to that point, to not leave the field, whether it's offense, defense, or special teams, uh, was pretty special. Uh, and then obviously, you know, to end it with a ring on his finger uh, just kind of shows all his hard work, his dedication, that team. Coach does a really good job down there, too. But, like, that's the guy you want on your team. And, you know, regardless whether you're playing pickleball or basketball or football, like, you want that dude. You're picking him first. And so that's what I always loved about him. And on top of it, he had a great personality. So, you know, those are those 1-1 guys, right, from a culture and production standpoint that are pretty rare. And so we, we got to do a good job of putting them in the right place and keep it simple and, and let them be him. Pete, what adjustments, if any, do you have to make playing with the fastest
0: offense in the country and you're on the other side of the ball?
2: Well, it, it's a beautiful thing, to be honest with you. Now, you. You don't love doing it day one, you know what I'm saying? So when you, especially when you've got a bunch of new guys. But, you know, the benefit is of it is that we don't have to simulate it. You know, so it's very hard when you start playing up-tempo teams in practice to be able to get a scout team to actually simulate the speed of that and still be able to execute. So it's been awesome going against Coach Kiffin and Coach Weiss every day, not only how multiple they are formationally, you know, but the tempo that they play at. And it really allows your guys to have to focus, beat them to the ball, get their cleats in the turf, and execute. Uh, and it also makes you be a little more simple on defense, but I think can help our guys, especially early, to get their cleats in the turf, see their key, and play fast. So. Uh, no, it's been really good. Um, it's kind of a backwards approach to how old school ball was. Hey, here it is, here's two back, here's one back, all right? and the progression of teaching a defense, but that's not football anymore. And so now it's very multiple, it happens fast, uh, a lot of alternative formations. So the good thing about this, is we see it every day and nobody's gonna do it faster and nobody's gonna do it better. So hopefully we prepare for Saturday.
3: Uh,
1: Pete, just from talking to some of the coaches down there, it sounds like you spent a, a ton of time in rally you know, recruiting Suntarian. A
2: um, hell of a little chicken spot down there in the gas station. <laughs> I tried it. It was good. <laughs>
1: um, what's, what's your relationship like with him? And then once everything was signed and, you know, you knew you were coming here, he was coming here, did you all
3: have a little bit of a moment? Because it sounds like you've got a pretty tight relationship.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, obviously, I think uh, uh, that was a very personal relationship. Um, you know, I'd actually, you know, was trying to actually talk him into signing in February, because right, I, I was still not talking to anyone, but you know, thought process of it was probably about time to make a move for my family, and uh, so I was like, hey, let's just hold off, let's see, because I, I didn't want him to sign with Alabama and me not be there, right? And then I also didn't want to tell him to sign somewhere else and I not go there, you know. So I was trying to kind of hold off, but you know, Ole Miss did a really good job in the recruitment process, they did a good good job closing late, but it's just one of those things that you know everything works out God had a plan, and uh, it was one of those things that kind of meant to be. Um, but whether it's get and Buck, yeah, we got a really good relationship uh coaches down there are awesome so it, it worked out how it was supposed to